0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 299. In this episode, I talk to Sally Hoy about how she, as a teacher, created a seven figure online business and moved to Paris. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, uplevel your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I speak to Sally Hoy, Who's an internationally acclaimed early childhood education specialist? She's a lecturer and trainer, and founder of Fairy Dust Teaching Blog and CEO of Teaching Mastery Institute, as well as a forthcoming author of several books. She shares with us on the episode today how she built a million-dollar business as a teacher, helping other teachers. Go to signal.com/299. And there you find links to Sally Hoy and the show notes of this episode. I'm so excited to be here with Sally Hoy. I hope I pronounced the last name correctly. People also struggle with my last name and that's why I say to them, skip it, skip it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I met Sally through a mastermind with James Wetmore in 2018, and I was immediately impressed because he's a teacher, just like my sister, and has built an amazing online business, and uh, we are lucky enough to have her on the show today to share her story. So thank you for coming on the show, Sally. Thank you so much.
1: I love sharing my story.
0: Yeah, thank you. And you just moved to Paris, so... (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you know, I was seeing your pictures on Facebook and I thought, wow, that's what an online business enables you to do.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things I want to say right out of the gate is that I have a seven figure business based primarily on twenty four dollar sales. Wow. Okay, we're already very impressed. Now we need to know more. Yeah. And so I think you know one of the things about my business is that I break a lot of rules that you learn out there and I run it on passion. And so really being aligned with the fact that I'm a passion-based entrepreneur, I have a bucket list and one of my bucket lists was to live in Paris and so here I am. I have full freedom to run my business, run my employees, everything, anywhere in the world.
0: That is fabulous. And so many people dream of this, what you're describing, and they think it's not possible for them. And then they bring up all the different excuses. One of them is, I'm not a business coach. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Mm. What do you say to that right away? We're going to dive into your story, but this thing that I have to be teaching people how to make money to make money online is a myth that I just keep on trying to break. That's why you're here. You are here on the show and I interview many others. But did you think that when you started your online business or you didn't care?
1: No, actually what I had tried to build a business outside of the internet as a trainer of early childhood teachers, right? And it was a very difficult path. So in 2000, and I think it was nine or 10, I took a course from a woman named Susanna Conway on photography, creative photography. And I was on fire. I was using my camera and taking these amazing artistic pictures. And I went, wait a minute, back up, you know, shut the door. This is the platform to train early childhood educators. So I actually started my blog very clearly to build an online business because I saw the opportunity that any kind of training that you do anywhere in the world in any fashion can be done online.
0: Mm, And it was photography online class that you did.
1: Yeah. That just broke open my mind to going, okay, I can do this. I put out my first course in 2011 and this is how archaic it was in those days. It was all typewritten right? There was no video. And I had 127 people sign up first time out of the gate. Yeah. And it was imperfect. You know, some of my old videos, I still have as little freebies for people in my nurture sequence and they're archaic, you know, but I'm not attached to perfection. I'm attached to making a difference if I say things wrong, if I stumble on my words, if I look goofy, then, you know, maybe I make them feel better because I'm goofier looking than they are. You know, it's like, it's not about that, right? It's about, I'm gonna transform early childhood education by any means, and I have to be willing to do the work no matter how well or how not well I do it.
0: Oh yeah, and the passion shines through. You know, if people are truly passionate, it doesn't matter that the video is not perfect or there's no video in the first place. But I want to question you right away about how did you get so many signups? Because people start with no list and no community. So you must have had some people in front of you.
1: Well, here's the thing. I serve me. So the my peeps are me, right? I have a tribe of rebel educators who want to provide all in wonder for children. So immediately, beginning in 2010, I looked at my blog posts. I looked at, at that point, there weren't opt-ins, right? I looked at my blog post of, is this something that's going to be of high value to them? And then, you know, I just kept putting out high value content. And in those days, again, it dates me, there were Yahoo groups, right? And I would post my blog post of high value, just free content in Yahoo groups that I was a part of and active in. And it built it right away, just giving away the best of, again, making a difference. Even if I made no money, I would do this. Even if fairy desks shut down, my passion wouldn't go away, right? So everything I do, I want to make a difference for those who purchase from me and those who don't.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this was a key point. I did a training a couple of weeks ago, and I also said, you need to be doing something that you would do anyway, whether you get paid or not. So thank you for uh, repeating that. So you basically had readers on your blog post, no opt-in. Were they still signing up for your list or how did you get in touch with them?
1: Yeah, they did. They signed up for the list and I put a little note, you know, be sure to sign up to get the blog post delivered. So now my opt-in, so I have to tell you, so I really try to, and I'll be really honest, I'm very much a meditative person. So I go inside my own intuition, my own sense of wisdom about my field And sometimes I'll spend days just checking in, checking in, checking in. Is this the next step? And from that, I've had opt-ins come up like the startup guide to loose parts, which is now used in universities around the world. It's been downloaded tens of thousands of times and it's a freebie. It's something I could have charged money for, but it's making a difference in the industry and it, thrills me to no end. And it built authority for me in the field. It is literally was a transitional piece that I did that took me from being a highly regarded person to being a leading authority.
0: Yeah. And I want to point out this nugget again, that your freebie could have been a paid course, but you chose to make it a freebie because it would position you and it would go viral beyond possibly not having to pay Facebook ads and all that stuff when you have such a juicy freebie. So not just throwing a freebie together, but really being conscious about this is going to make a difference.
1: Right. Again, meaning I have a list right now, we cleaned it recently, so it's probably 80,000 teachers on my list. And those 80,000 people, maybe 5% will buy from me, you know, maybe. But the other 95% I want to leave transformed. I'm not committed to them all being customers. I'm committed to those who are ready for me to come and, and do work with me. And those who are not, that I be the wind beneath their wings to go to the next step. And in the same light, one thing I think is really important from my perspective is I have no competitors. I have none because no one does what I do, even if they do. I had someone copy my work and now this person's doing extremely well and we are united in our purpose to transform early childhood. I also take a very strong position. If anyone's working for the same mission that I am, we're walking hand in hand. We're together on that. And there's enough money, enough customers, enough wisdom, enough beauty in the world for all of us.
0: Yeah. Wow. There were another two takeaways. So there's no competition because that's a scarcity thinking versus abundance thinking. Mm -hmm. And the other point was basically that you care so much about the people coming onto your list or reading your blog post that some will buy and that keeps your business running and most will not. And you still want to leave them happy with whatever content you provide. And I think this is the clue to your seven figure business is that you are here to serve. And when that comes first, you're automatically going to make money.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I have an innate and deep trust of whatever you want to call it, the universe, God, that the way will be made. And again, like I said, I go inside myself and there are times I always say it takes real balls to be a, Online entrepreneur, because there's times I'm standing on the edge of the cliff. I don't know when the next big round of money is coming in. Now it's not like that, but there were years where I'm standing there, I've got staff, (laughs) you know, where's the money coming? You know, I go quiet, like, okay, not time to launch. I can feel it, not time to launch, but where's the money? (laughs) You know, and I just quiet inside and go, you know what? I have to trust the process. And I trust the process. I nurture, I warm up the list, and then I launch and it all comes in. It's amazing. I have never not met my bills because I trust my inner wisdom. And the other thing I want to say that I I tell people that is so juicy about being an online entrepreneur, we're so lucky. You can send out an email and know within an hour if your advertising is correct (laughs) because if there's no buy in the first hour, there's something way off. And that always happens to me when I send an email out to make money.
0: Yes, because your intention is to make money and not to serve. That's it,
1: yeah. So then I have to like pull back and go, okay, get in the right space, clean up, let go. What's in your space? Where are you stuck? You know, where is that scarcity? And I work on myself, right, to clean up that space. That I rewrite the email, I send it out and I'll have a hundred buys in the first hour. You know, it's like, it's so crazy how, who we be impacts sales.
0: Yeah. I gotta say to the people who are maybe listening and have small lists, it's not gonna have be hundred sales within an hour. So you have a massive, True. yeah, you have a massive email list and even my email list, although it's sizable, not your size. Yet, because also I have higher price programs. It's not going to happen that quickly. No. But I think it's more the intention. If the intention is just like, let me make some quick cash, it's going to make the wrong impression. They're going to read through the lines somehow and the energy is going to be wrong. So I think it's not about within how many hours the sales are. This is going to depend on the list size and the price of your program. But it's how you go into the promotion in the first place.
1: You are exactly right. Exactly right. And that's what I think is so, and even when I had only a thousand people on my list, I could send out that email and always what I did when I had a small list and you, you do adjust it is, thank you for saying that. Um, when my list was small, I go, okay, if there isn't a sale within the first 24 hours, then I need to pull back and reassess. So you can kind of feel when you have sales, what's the normal rate of sales coming in? And that's your barometer. Also, blog posts that I send out and no one replies then I missed something in that I was going through the motions and I'll actually not blog when there's nothing for me to really passionately say now because I have enough on there right it's not about volume it's about quality
0: Mm. so you would think at some point it's about volume and some people kind of like oh you need consistency and you say maybe consistency is not the key if you're not energy wise in the right place to share?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I know this is a little esoteric, but what I would say for myself, the key to my success is always going to that deep, deep spiritual place in myself that connects with my customer and leans into where they are at, leans into their struggles. I lean into their pain. I lean into that and go, how can I serve? when I go there, I get really teary-eyed. I get really emotional. I'm moved by these people. I'm moved by educators and that they're touching lives every day. I can't step over that. You know, these are human lives, right?
0: Yeah. It's wonderful to see how passionate you are after all these years because if you wouldn't be really living your passion and providing all this value, the passion can die off if it starts to be about the money and not about the passion.
1: Yeah. And you can reinvent yourself. I'm constantly reinventing my passion. If my passions, because every stage of owning a business brings, you know, I always thought when I hit seven figures, it's really going to be great. You know, I have the same issues I did when I had a five figure business. You know, it's like, it's exactly the same. It's just bigger and there's more people depending on you. So actually the pressure gets bigger. And so I have to many times step back and go, who am I in the matter of my business? What am I committed to? Can I still stand in their shoes and feel their pain? If not, then what am I going to do to reconnect to my clients so that I'm with them, holding their hands? That's how people want. All people want is someone to go, I get it. Here's what I've done. You know, It's not all of the answers, but it's part of
0: it. So if we go back to uh, you starting out, you have... Because you're serving teachers, and we know that is not a market where you're going to sell a $3,000 or $10,000 or $20,000 program. And this is also what some of my clients or listeners will say, well, I can't charge the prices you charge, Sigrun, and that's why I can't build a seven-figure business. Well, we have the proof in the pudding right here with you. <laughs> you are selling low-priced products, Right.
1: Yeah, so I have a membership of the Wonder Tribe. It's twenty four dollars a month. Currently, I have twelve hundred members, um, and you know I'm growing that. I have my online conferences. I have two, and I have stacked the pricing with that. So I never I um start it for people who are alumni of my conferences at forty seven dollars, and then it goes to the subscribers. I have like one week windows where it's really economical, right? Then I have like my subscribers get $57 and then it just bills from there. And so like currently my conference just ended the $97 and I'll go up to $147, but it's those lower price deals cause teachers love deals. And again, this is where you have to understand the mentality of your group. Like I can't do story based advertising, Because teachers get very upset at the end of it.
0: What you're selling me? (laughs) Ah, interesting because that works best for me.
1: Right. No. See, this is the thing. You can't, you have to really lean into who you're serving and then take responses. Like if I in the very beginning at a thousand people, if I had three, four emails of discontent come at me. I took it very seriously. I'd call those people. i talk to them, tell me about that. So I could understand. So teachers want to know when they're opening an email that's going to sell them. They want to know, I'm actually going to start a new sequence of onboarding people that actually really fully discloses we are a business and we will be selling to you. Because for teachers, they live in a... A segment of society that doesn't make enough money for the work they do. So they have a different constitution around sales, right? So every market has its self of sales, right? And we can't step over it. We have to really, again, I think if you, the only word I can think of is lean into, like really listen, really be with your clients, call them, talk to them. I always talk to the people who are really upset and every time, they're thrilled. They're blown away that I would call, that I care.
0: We could rephrase what you just said to like, uh, you know, hug your haters.
1: Yes, exactly. That's it. That's it.
0: So when you have low price products, it takes a longer time to build a sizable business. Yes. So how long do you, if you look back, did it actually take you, let's say, to go to six figures?
1: Yeah. Well, and two, I've never really used Facebook much. So a lot of it's been very organic. So my first year, I made 10 grand. <laughs> that was it. But I've literally more than doubled every year, right? So 2010, 10,000. 2015, 200,000. Okay. 2018, 1.1 million.
0: This is amazing. Sally, thank you also for sharing this because people are, not everyone is so open and transparent about their numbers. I am myself because I think it's always an inspiration.
1: Yeah, no, well, because for me, I'm a person, my money is a agent of change. When I make money, I look at it as a indicator of the difference I'm making in the world. So the more money I make, (sighs) the more difference I'm making. And I make sure the money I make makes a difference in the world. So I'm a conscious business owner.
0: Yeah. And you can feel that and I can see that and I've met you in person twice that maybe you're not the image of a typical seven figure, but you are getting a reward for your passion and what you do. And it's going to take longer with a low price product. And I think that's important here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, again, knowing anything worth building takes time. You want the structures, the systems in place. If I had had that success in 2014, it wouldn't have survived because I didn't have the structure to hold it. So you have to grow inside your own self the ability to manage it, to really have the long vision, to go, yes, it's perfect that I'm only at 50,000 this year. This is perfect. Because this I can manage.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: what's the next step so that I can expand to 100,000? Because if you don't have the systems and the support, you can't do it. I'm a product of my, my team.
0: And the business is a reflection of where you are on your journey and how much you've grown, your self-worth and how good of a business owner you are. Like, are you ready? You weren't ready in the beginning of your business to be a seven-figure business owner or not even a six-figure business owner. No,
1: not at all. (laughs) Not at all. And, you know, looking back, it was perfect. You know, so I would really say, you know, if we want to have a seven-figure business, amen, but give yourself a decade to get there. And know that, you know, when you get there, it's not going to disappear if you grow organically and beautifully and in tune with your clients and caring about how they feel. You know, I I 100% want my clients to know I'm their team. Mm,
0: Yeah, because if you grow too fast, things can crumble down in the background. You know, you're kind of catching up with yourself constantly.
1: Oh, and you know, online business, we're dealing with technology. Hello, breakdowns are going to (laughs) come. My first, when I opened my tribe to, I think it was 600 people a year ago in November, I was building a new website and it all crashed. It all crashed. You know, they couldn't get into the site for a full month after I sold them on it. I mean, sometimes things just happen and you just have to trust and work with it. You know, it's like, it's not the end of the world. You know, you can get your site hacked, you can get the, you know, things are gonna happen and just trust.
0: Yeah, trust an answer. Yeah, there's an answer. So you didn't start your membership right away. You started with a course first. So what was the course? How big was it? What was the price? So- (laughs) I'm curious. (laughs) I
1: know, so in 2011, I started with a Dash of wonder. And what it was is a course on how to be in a school system and create your own curriculum. So, like if you're being mandated to teach in a certain way, but you want to bring wonder, how to trick the system, you know, how to be the rave of the room, even though you're not following the rules, how to be a rebel in disguise. <laughs> and so I sold it for $27 to 127 people. And after that, I I started launching course after course after course. You know, I think I have 15, 16 courses, something like that, maybe more, 20 courses. And it got really tiring to keep launching. And then it wears out your list some too. You're just constantly launching.
0: Yeah, it's going to be too much. But, you know, I think it's normal when you're an entrepreneur that you try out, you're trying out different things and then you come to your business model. The business model is not perfect from day one. No. (laughs) It's kind of obvious because I know a few teachers that the membership model is a very good way to put your own little things in and get people to pay recurring revenue.
1: Yeah, and then, too, what I think is really interesting a really important point here. My business was moving a certain track until I was working for a Regio inspired school and I posted a bunch of photos and it went viral. And so sometimes you have to watch what people love that you put out. I went, okay, wait a minute. People are hungry for this. Like I was concentrating more on projects rather than environment and methodology, and yet that's what really got the highest response. Recently, I shifted again because I had a publisher reach out and say, we want to publish a book with you. And I said, why? You know, this woman's in New York with this publishing company, and she said, I saw the words wonder-based learning. I realized, again, sometimes I call it the breadcrumbs of God. You know, it's like you get these hints of ways to move. And so I just, whenever I get that feeling, I follow the breadcrumb and see what happens. And so I did. And when I went with it, I got like out in, in my market, I got all of these requests to be a keynote speaker and to do training. So it was like, yes, that's it.
0: So it's almost like you run your business, but when you realize, oh, that's a sign, go this direction. And there might be a few years later, a sign to go that direction. And that's when you uh, need to be willing and able to pivot because that—that that is the shift because you went from 200,000 very quickly to seven figures because you were watching for that sign.
1: Absolutely, because I'm serving, Not I'm not serving my needs, right? Who am I serving? So I have to give up what I think they need. And go what they what they are telling me that this is the beauty of online. You don't have to guess your blog posts, your emails, everything is data, really clear data. If you listen, <laughs> you know? oh, they didn't want to hear about that. You know that had a five percent open rate. Let's not. <laughs> we don't need to do that one again. Or wow, like my conference was not the conference I have coming up was not selling well. And I really sat with it for, I think, eight days and came up with a way to restate it. Literally, sales started flooding in just by renaming the title of the emails going out.
0: Yes. It was not about the content, but the message. The message. I, I had put what
1: was endearing to me. <laughs> you know, it was all about Fred Rogers and the documentary and how that moved me, right? Because that was the inspiration for the conference. No one cared. But when I drilled it back down to, well, what was it about Fred Rogers? What is it in all of that that inspired me? He honored children and he honored play. So I put that in the title. Boom! <laughs> you know, it's like, it's interesting. Just again, going back to your who you're serving. What is it that they're standing for?
0: I think that's a fabulous, and now you've moved to Paris. <laughs> and, uh, so you said you had a bucket list of things to do Yeah, And your next stop is, uh, Vietnam. And are you going to settle in Paris?
1: I want to, I really, it's like a huge, in fact, you know, I went to art school and so I bought watercolors and things. So I'm doing art every day in Paris. I joined the Louvre as, you know, a member. So I now I'm walking distance so I can walk to the Louvre and look at the art and study. So I'm really like honoring a part of myself that I left behind. I've always marched to a different drummer. I'm bohemian-like, you know, and so I'm living the bohemian life. <laughs> I love it. It's really ignited me from my business.
0: Mm. So what would you say to, let's say, a teacher or someone who is in a what we consider maybe a lower priced market, they know that their audience are not willing to pay more. What do you say to them in terms of like, well, they would love to build a six-figure business and they're like, it's gonna take several years? Uh, You know, what I would say is to, when you put together
1: that first course, to put your heart and soul in it. So when I create a course, I put everything I know in it. And then I sit with it and go, what is it that's the deeper level, right? Like people want the deepest level you have to give because no one's giving the deepest stuff, right? Everyone's giving you tips and tricks. They're cheap, right? But when you come from this very deep, deep level of going, I want to teach to the point where I'm on my knees about it. You know, I'm so deeply moved by what I'm saying because it's what we all wanna hear. So I'm very much about inspiring, going deep, giving them strategy and explaining why it matters. Why does it matter when I send an email that my intention has to be clean? Why, who cares? Because it is something that could change someone's life. And if I'm sending that out with disregard, they're not going to open it, and the shift won't happen. It's important. It's important, you know, just to know that you have no idea who you're, like, on your list, if your list, even when my list was 100 people, I didn't know how they were going to receive it, but if I sent it with the highest level of intention, then I knew it would all be okay. And people will forgive you for your mistakes if you live in that space.
0: Absolutely. That is a wonderful ending to a fantastic episode. Sally, I've been waiting for to interview you for a long <laughs> time, since I met you a year ago. And finally, we made it happen when we were in the same time zone. So I know uh, this is going to really help my audience. So thank you so much, Sally, for coming on the show. I appreciate your time and... I wish you amazing time in Paris.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I have to tell you, you're a huge inspiration to me as well. I just love your work and what you do. Again, your full heart. Thank you.
0: Go to sig.com forward slash 299 and there you'll find links to Sally Hoy and the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in the next episode.